This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All right, here we are again, Matt. Back in the graveyard. Yeah, buddy. So, uh, again, up up front, tell everybody, I had that ear issue thing a while back. It got better. Now it's not so much better anymore. It's getting worse. Um, they pulled the head of a Q-tip out of his ear. It, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Attached to it was like a scorpion that came out of my ear as well. Um, Remember, folks, nothing smaller than your elbow goes inside your ear. Right. Wow. And if you can get your elbow in your ear. Yeah. I, I, I want to see it. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Put that on YouTube so I can see that. Uh, but no fears. Adam's going to the doctor tomorrow. Ashley has talked me into going to the doctor, so I'm actually going to do it. Um, so we should be all better next time. Um, but. On a more livelier note, eh, segue, more livelier note, we got a live event coming up in October. So if you have not gotten your tickets, please do that. We want to see you guys there. Yeah, it'll be us, Hillbilly Horror Stories, EVP Mediums, and Macabre Melts uh, at Hale Nashville on October 20th. So get your tickets. We'd love for everybody to come out, and we want to meet you, shake your hand, give you a big hug, uh, fist bump. Uh, whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever. We, we can do all that stuff. Um, we're going to have, you know, questions from you guys for us and for EVP mediums. We're going to be talking to EVP mediums, and we've got a little question thing that Matt and I are working on questions for where we ask you guys, if y'all get it, you get some swag. That's right. Uh, so it'll be fun night. Y'all can win some stuff. And I think, it's going to be enjoyable. I do, too. I think we need one of those, like, cannons that shoots the, the swag at people. That would be like fun. Like that woman that got hit in the face with a hot dog. Right. From- <laughs> I, I think the venue might be a little small for that. Um, well, you're just going to have to have quick yeah, reflexes. Right. <laughs> Keep your head on a swivel. It's going to come at you pretty fast. <laughs> fast and hard. We'll be shooting people across the room with the thing. Um, if you haven't gone over, if you haven't already gone over to our website please do that go over to graveyardpodcast.com check out all the pictures all the links that we've got on there we've got a link to the dark myths website where you can go check out all of our brethren and sistren shows on there we've got a link sistren sistren that's a word right is it brethren and sistren i I don't know okay fair enough i like it it is now um We've got a link for uh, all of our merch, so go get you a t-shirt, get you some mugs or some stickers or something like that. Baby onesie. Baby onesies. Um, All that good stuff. Go over there and check that stuff out. Um, Now, this will probably, because this episode, we're recording it earlier than when we're going to drop it, earlier than normal. Um, This might be old news, but right now it's new news. Um, 
there was just the story of them finding water, actual liquid water, on Mars. The radar instrument, Marsis, actually found water 0.9 miles below the surface with an area of 12 miles. So this is big news for any of you space junkies like I am. So is this like an underground lake or something? Yeah, pretty much. It's, you know, um, 0.9 miles below the surface, and there's just, I mean, it's big old lake. Yeah. 12-mile lake. And uh, it, it's, you know, the first, they think, habitable spot on Mars that could hold microorganisms or Nessie. Yeah, the thing I saw that on uh, when I was reading through my news feed, somebody had posted it, and it was like, when can we go kayak it? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and probably not too long. We'll have kayakers yeah, up there. Can you imagine? Yeah, we, kayakers tend to go uh, some pretty odd places. Right. So, did you see the, those guys went over a 100-foot waterfall? Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, me either. No. Uh, you know. Not going to do that. I'm a flat water guy. Right. <laughs> if there's any chance that I could drown, guess what? I'm not doing it. Um, but, yeah, we could find, you know, first alien life forms up there. That's right. Um, or, you know, a lot of people say it's going to be microorganisms. I hold out hope that we're going to have a champ or something in this lake. Yeah. You know, there's got to be a Mars champ or a Mars Nessie or something living up there. Yeah. And... Alien lake monster. Exactly. And then that'll be a That's whole. That's where they all come from. They're all born there. And then they, and then they come move, here. Like interdimensional travel yeah. into the lakes on Earth. That makes sense. Yeah. There's a tunnel. Ah, an yes. underwater tunnel. Yeah, underwater tunnel. <laughs> Connects the Mars Lake that, to Lake Tahoe. That makes sense. <laughs> That's where the water babies come from, too. That's right. If they find that, guess what Graveyard Tales is doing pretty soon afterward? <laughs> Mars Lake Monster Month. <laughs> Boy, don't don't hold your breath. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that uh, they talked about that was in the news, uh, we're staying in space for a little bit, is that studies found on the moon, they said there's actually um, evidence of there being a time where there was some, like, volcanic activity shortly after the moon was formed so that it could create an atmosphere around the moon and there was actually surface water on the moon so that they think some of the microorganisms that were on earth at the time or that inhabited earth at the time could have moved to mar or to the moon so they're looking they're planning to go look for evidence of microorganisms on the moon yeah which would be kind of cool because that might show whether the panspermia theory that everybody has where we were seeded basically from deep space mm -hmm. um, and that's where life came from on the earth um, or if it happened to spring up on earth and then, you know, like bloop, jumped over to the moon or whatever. But Yeah, a bunch of little bacteria in a little station wagon with mm -hmm. moon or bust written across the right, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're looking for all that, and me being a space nerd, that was all big news it's for me. It's pretty cool, though. It, it really is. Um, and it could be, you know, could be the start of us finding alien life. And if so, then I know a lot of podcaster friends will be all over that. That's right. <laughs> so 
um, we just wanted to go ahead and mention it so that we could say Graveyard Tales was the first to talk That's about right. the alien life on Mars. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we we were it. We yeah. we didn't break the story. We just we're sharing the story. No, let's 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 go ahead and say we broke yeah, the story. We broke the story. Okay. Yeah, that that was us that broke the story. You yeah, heard it here first. I got, I got all that kind of equipment that can. You know, see under another planet's crust yeah. to tell if there's an underwater, underground lake. Well, you know, behind me, that control panel back here that mm-hmm. you see in the graveyard, that's actually the control panel for the Marsis radar. So <laughs> it actually, it actually is. Uh, we're having like headphone issues here. Headphone, yeah. The cord, where, the cord to my headphones is very, very sensitive. It apparently is, because uh, mine is too. And when Matt, uh, Matt looked at me just a second ago with these big doe eyes. It was because the, <laughs> the <laughs> micro or the uh, headphone cable was clicking in and out there. Uh, but let's go ahead and take a quick break, pay some bills, and hear a little advertisement. How far are you willing to go to save your child from being consumed by a sickening evil? Devil Eye is a new thriller where a young mother dares the unthinkable to save her daughter from a cruel, not-so-imaginary friend that lurks in their home. Can a paranormal podcast host help her uncover the secret of the Devil Eye? This suspenseful tale will take you to the crossroads of insanity and the supernatural, where love and death collide. Devil Eye by Anthony S. Ward and S.J.D. Connell. Buy it now on Amazon or at devil-i.com. That's devil-i.com. All right, Matt. So what are we talking about tonight? Okay, so tonight we are going to talk about the Victoria's Black Swan Inn in San Antonio, Texas. Yay, Texas. That's right. We're going back to Adam's home state. Hook 'em horns. <laughs> Sorry. I never heard him say that ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that much. Sorry. And that's in that's in Austin anyway. That's not in San Antonio. Say, but I don't even I don't I've been to San Antonio one time, you well, know, and I, I was there for like nine hours and that was it. And it was by, I was back on the road. I didn't know what else to say at that point. You know, I didn't I didn't want to say howdy. I didn't want to say yeehaw. <laughs> So hook them horns is what you did good. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So (laughs) let's get into a little bit of the history of the Black Swan Inn and where it was and all that stuff. So the Black Swan Inn it was built on some land that from 5000 BC to around 1000 AD had Native American encampments on it, and they know that because of artifacts that can still be found there. Um, they, they have found some signs that there was a native American sweat lodge there where they perform rituals and an ancient Indian burial ground is thought to be under the house. So that's usually not good. Right. That's some bad juju right there. Yeah. If you, I mean, that, that's even so bad a juju that there's jokes about that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's jokes about building on an Indian burial ground and, you know, crap's happening at your house. You're like, oh, well, is it built on an you know Indian burial ground? No. It, you know, so that's not a good omen to right. begin yeah. with, um, to know that there is an Indian burial ground there. Um, there have been some stories of boys fishing in the Salado Creek, which is right there near the house. 
and they were chased away by what appears to be Indian ghosts. And some have said they have smelled smoke and they hear like a light drumming sound in that area. So it would, you know, kind of show that there are some Native American spirits still there. Yeah. Um, And with that kind of energy from a ceremonial aspect and a burial ground, you would kind of expect that to happen. Um, On September 18th, 1842, General Adrian Wall, Sam Houston, and his men massacred more than 60 Mexican soldiers during the Battle of Salado on that property. The bodies were just left there to rot where they fell. Um, Only one Texan lost his life, Stephen Jett, during the battle. And there is one report of someone actually witnessing a skirmish between Mexican and Texan soldiers that resembled some sort of reenactment. So, you know, they saw what could be the remnants, you know, the spiritual remnants of that battle. And as we've talked before, when you have something that negative, that Mm -hmm. much energy in a place, you know, it's going to leave a mark on that area. Yeah. And, you know, we've we've had uh, had people send in stories about visiting Civil War battlegrounds and the stories. A lot of those stories will talk about people seeing these images of of soldiers and and battles where it did appear like it was a reenactment. Mm-hmm. And I think we even had a story back in our episode about time travel where folks actually saw what looked like a medieval mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. battle going on um, like just outside of, you know, in that area between England and Scotland. Right. So you're right, though those kind of events leave a mark. And you know, as we've talked about some of these hauntings before, they they replay themselves over and over and over again. Right. And that stone tape theory. The stone tape theory, yeah. Right. You know, that it's it's recorded there for forever. Right. So So that can, like you said, have a big effect on everything to follow. Um you know, people have heard bugles in that area, which would be, again, that that military um, involvement there. Um, in 1936, the property was designated as a Battle of Salado historic site. Um, so let's now kind of talk about the buildings and the owners of this area and kind of get a an understanding of all that. Now. Sebastian L. Ripstein and his wife, Betsy Ackerman Ripstein, who were from Germany, they settled the land in 1867. And the San Antonio Conservation Society shows that they built a stone house barn and a milking barn on the property. I've got a question. Okay. Is it is it Steen or is it Stein? Because it's not Frankenstein. Right. Unless you're watching Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're watching the movie. Uh I've always wondered that. Yeah, I I think it really I think it's regional because I think it can be spelt the same way but pronounced different ways. Ah, okay. Um and if I don't drink from a steam, 
Well, it depends. I mean, if if you're in Texas, you drink from a steen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beer steen. A beer steen. <laughs> the beer steen bears. Right, exactly. See, <laughs> and that's a whole nother episode. You know. Um. So and either Ripstein, Ripstein, yeah. or Ripstein. I'm just. I'm just. You know. Um. <laughs> um after after them. Uh, Henry Mailer and his wife Marie Mailer or Mahler that again pronounce that a couple different ways. I, I like don't Mailer. know. Mailer, we'll go with Mailer. They go with Mailer. Um, they bought the property on January tenth of eighteen eighty seven. Now they built the first actual house on the property in eighteen eighty seven. Um, they built another milking barn and they named the farm the Blue Bonnet Dairy. Um, Henry and Sam, his brother were known as the Cotton Kings. The Mailers ran the dairy farm there until the mid-30s. After Mailer's wife passed away, he followed suit two years later from love-struck grief. Now, the Mailer's daughter, Sophia, continued to live there until she was 82, uh, but they, they lived on this property, and at the time, it was about 200 acres. Now, after they passed away, um, Henry and Marie's son, Dan, and his wife, Mary Mailer, lived on the property, and they had acquired about 37 more acres, so they're up to about 237 acres now. They sold the house and the surrounding land to two sisters and their husbands in 1941. These were Catherine Jolene Holbrook and Joseph Younger Holbrook, along with Mary Blanche Woods and Claude B. Woods, and they those were the ones that purchased the property. Now, they did extensive remodeling. They added extra wings onto it, built another house, and they called it White Gables. And eventually, that second house that they built burned down. Um, After that, it kind of, it was bought by some kind of prestigious people. Um, Hall Park Street Jr. and Jolene Wood Street. Now, they inherited the house in 1952, yeah, this um, was um, this was the the daughter. The Jolene Street was the daughter of Mrs. Wood, right? That resided in the house. So Mrs. Wood got to stay, mm-hmm. even though the daughter and son-in-law owned the house. She continued to live out the rest of her life there. Right, right, and Which, uh, that's that's a key fact. Right, keep that in mind as uh, as we get into Matt's stories here after a while, because that that does play a big role. Um. While Park and Jolene owned the property, Earl Stanley Gardner visited the house, and he wrote some of his famed Perry Mason television series scripts here. Um, Jolene ended up dying of breast cancer in 1959. Park Jr. was later found dead in 1965, hung by a necktie with his hands tied behind his back. Now, officially, this was ruled a suicide, but there are questions. Right. Yeah, it was questionable um, whether or not it was suicide or if it was a murder stage to look like suicide. And, you know, he's got his hands tied behind his back. That's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to, I mean, to get yourself with a necktie with your hands tied or to put a necktie around your neck and then tie your hands. I think there was a little shoddy police work going on there. Yeah, you got to get yourself ready. And Mm -hmm. then, then... 
tie your hands behind your back. Yeah. That's just, yeah, that's that's hard to do. Yeah. It, it, but but Park was remember, Park was a criminal attorney. Right. And he was also really flamboyant and, you know, very exuberant in the courtroom. That's why he was a good inspiration for Perry Mason. Right. And folks like that, especially around that time, you know, you 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 don't get the wrong person uh, off of this, you know, cattle rustling charge or something, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, something worse. You acquire some enemies. That's right. So, but again, those kind of events play into what would happen later in the house. Right, right. So now they were survived by the daughter, Jolene Jingles, who was 19 at the time, and their son, Hall Park Street the third. George Marin and his wife, Ingeborg Marin, bought the house from Hall Street Park the third and Jolene and Jolene's husband. Now they renamed it the Marin House. The house was remodeled, made into you know a lot bigger house. And then in 1980, the Marins sold the property to Werner Schmidt, and Werner Schmidt sold the property to Sunbelt Self Storage in '87. Now. Sunbelt Self Storage sold the property to the current owner, Joanne Marks Andrews. So Andrews is the one that owns it now. And yeah, like her last name now is Rivera. Right. It's now Joanne Marks Rivera. Right. Um, she is the one that renamed the house to Victoria's Black Swan Inn. And this was named after one of William Shakespeare's favorite pubs. Um, the house is Joanne's private residence with her and her children, Elijah Everett Rivera, who is Victoria's son. Um, Joanne's other daughter, Rachel and Meredith, also live in the house. Joanne's mother, Faye, spent a lot of time at the house and passed away in her bedroom after an illness. Keep that in mind. Now, the home has had... A lot of paranormal investigators over the years. In December of 96, the television show Sightings was filmed. Um, The house was also featured in Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures in 2013. Um, And during this time, some of Texas's most famous musicians, such as George Strait, Jerry Jeff Walker, Flacco Jimenez, have all performed and filmed there um, because it's now a performance hall and wedding venue. Who is Flacco Jimenez? He's just, he's um, like a more local uh, musician. Okay. 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 So full disclosure for Joanne, she was told before she bought the property that the house was haunted and didn't believe it and bought it anyway. So um, fair warning, you knew it. Right. So you 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 were told you I'm just handi- didn't listen. I'm handing you the keys to a haunted house. Yeah, you know, but pfft. there's there's not really much of any documentation of disturbances during this time. Joanne has spent the time to to detail and document what she has experienced while living in the house, even though she was told the house was haunted. There, there aren't really any documented reports of what was going on prior to her moving in. So the ghost stories that we have, and we have plenty, all come from Joanne herself or 
the people that have periodically visited or lived there briefly uh, or have worked for Joanne at the house. So these are all pretty modern, pretty current. You know, we don't have a bunch of these. Well, back in the 20s, you know. Yeah. So, Which know, is actually kind of cool. You it know? is cool. It, it's different than what we do a lot because a lot of times we're talking about stuff that, you know, like you said, happened in the 20s or the 1800s and, you know, you can't really experience it now. Yeah. So. And, you know, nowadays, Victoria's Black Swan Inn is, it's not just Joanne Rivera's home. Um, they open it up for for events. You know, weddings are held there, uh, craft fairs. Uh, they have a, a, a you know a masquerade ball. Um, you know, a, a lot of events, and it brings a lot of people there. So it it really allows more and more people to come and experience some of the things that go on inside the house and around the property. Uh, which is really cool mm-hmm. because none of the spirits that inhabit this house seem to be all that camera shy. Right. You know, you, you hear stories about, well, I went and took the tour at such and such place and oh, nothing happened. You know, they told us a bunch of stories, but I didn't see anything. And everybody, you know, there's a really good chance if you go here, you might experience something. Right. So if you if you live in that area, you know, you may you may not even realize it's there. Uh, it's kind of off the beaten path. You should really go check it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know the next time that I'm in and around San Antonio, this is going to be tops of my list of places I want right. to go. Yeah, I was going to say, we're putting this on the Graveyard Tales visit list, you know. Yeah, so like we said, so Joanne Rivera, she purchased the house in the early 1990s. And knowing that it was haunted, she bought it anyway. and And she moved her children in there with her. And it didn't take long for her to realize that they weren't kidding when they told her that this house was haunted. So she states that about two to three weeks after moving in, she was awakened one night around two to three a.m. She had the overwhelming feeling that she wasn't alone. You know, everybody's had that. And if you got kids, you've absolutely had it. You've woken up in the night and been like, (laughs) <laughs> somebody is looking at me and then you look and there's your kid standing there staring at you yeah. at the side of the bed your four-year-old um, water yeah man i i've that is the that's the most scared i've ever been like startled mm-hmm. is laying in the bed and being awake with my eyes closed and feeling that should i open my eyes and when i do there's a child looking at me and i'm like <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Kids are lucky they don't get punched. Oh, man. You're you know, not kidding. Do that. And I, I saw a thing just on this. No, I saw a thing. It said of all the stories I've heard and TV shows I've watched, it freaks me out to hear my kid walk down the hallway and ask for a glass of water because uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, you little devil. Sure. You want water. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, that that's the problem. You know, yeah, always. But when she did finally open her eyes, she says she clearly saw the apparition of a man standing at the foot of her bed. And she says after kind of gaining her composure, she she said, what do you want? Only to watch him vanish right before her eyes. So this went on for about a week and a half. You know, every night around two to three o'clock in the morning, this apparition would appear at the foot of her bed. 
up until the time that she rearranged the furniture. And she says once she rearranged the furniture in the room, everything stopped. You know, no no more nightly visitors, no more weird feeling of not being alone. It all went away. And then she found out at a later time that the bedroom that she was sleeping in actually was the bedroom of the youngest daughter of Heinrich and Marie Mailer. So the idea that a, a you know a, a father would come into a child's room in the night just to check on them, make sure they're breathing, make sure everything's okay. So that may be what she was experiencing there. Right. You know, was, you know, Mr. Mailer coming and and just being in that room for his daughter. Mm-hmm. And rearranging the furniture was enough to kick the energy out. Right. Messed you know? him up enough. Right. That this is that I'm this is not where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um she also states that shortly after moving in, in the hallway, she would feel a presence behind her and heard an audible voice say, get out on on multiple occasions. So this is like the old poltergeist thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if I go to a house and I hear, get out, I'm out. Right. I'm leaving. Right. I'm probably not going to stick around. That's right. You know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to push it. You know, I'm, I'm obviously not wanted here. So, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm going to, you know, get out the door. Um, but Joanne and many of her staff have seen many, many different disturbances while working and living in the house. Things like uh, lights turning themselves on and off, televisions turning on and off, music that seems to emanate from the walls, um, doors that open and close and often slam. Um, the sound of piano music will fill the house and phantom footsteps have been heard frequently. And if you go and watch any videos um, about Victoria's Black Swan Inn, the footsteps is probably the most common thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, news reports and things like that, the noises and the footsteps are often, you know, recorded or at, at least reported by the people that were visiting there. Right. You- and. People hear a lot, you know, that stuff and they say, well, it, it's floorboards creaking and everything. But there's you can tell there's a difference between a creaky floorboard and boot steps. Right. You know, it, it's not the the floor is not going to creak thump, thump, thump. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, you may mistake like weight shifting if somebody's standing there shifting weight, you know, but it's not that it's audible thumps. Yeah. And and according to them, it's it's heavy footsteps. It's not something that's going to be mistaken, right? Uh, right. And it, and it lasts long enough that you can tell there's a pattern to it and there's a rhythm to it. We we've talked about the footstep thing before. Mm-hmm. You can you can usually tell the difference of somebody walking mm-hmm. as opposed to a house settling oh, or, sure. or something else. Um, she's also reported um, seeing the apparition of a young girl that seems to only want to show itself to male visitors to the house. Um, so these are the things that happen most frequently. Um, and I even watched uh, an interview with, uh, with Joanne. And while she's talking, you begin to hear this knocking 
like somebody knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, what was that? I mean, like she's talking and the knocking is going on up behind her. Just dink, 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 dink. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes on and then she just finally has to stop and smile and then it stops and they're like, is that it? Is that, is that all that's going to do? And she says, when there's people here, especially like camera crews or, or news people, they, they want attention mm-hmm. and they, they do things just like that to let you know that they're here. Yeah. Pay attention to me. That's right. And so, you know, sure. Could that have been staged? Yeah. Why not? But, um, it, it, it's really cool if it, if it's not, if it's not something that was just played up and, you know, her reaction is so, so genuine that you don't get the feeling that she's pulling a prank on these guys. Right. Right. You know, she, she's looking at it as like, you know, your dog just peed in the floor. Uh, yeah. Yep. I, you know, sometimes he does that. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. So. So, I mean, it's just, it's so, it, it's so classic how she responds to it and how these, these interviewers and the cameramen are like, is that, what, what was that? Is that what it? What in the what, crap what? is that? <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> like, we didn't expect this. Uh, we were just thought we were going to talk about it. We yeah. didn't we're going to experience it. Well, most of the time they go in there not believing it, you know, right, they right, go in sure. there like, oh, this is a joke. We're going to find them out, you know. And, you know, if, if you're if you're a camera guy, if you're an, a sound guy and you, you work for a local news, how many stories of this have you done? Oh, I'm oh, sure. Dozens. Yeah. And you've gone out and like, oh, this place is haunted. You ought to come visit this Halloween and all this. And yep. they're all like, yeah, 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 whatever. We got something else mm-hmm. to go. And, uh. You know, but to experience that, that's it's pretty cool. Um, she tells a story about her brother coming to visit shortly after she moved in. And she goes upstairs and her brother has all the butcher knives in the house in the bathtub. <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing? You can't kill a ghost with a knife. And he's like, yeah, but it make me feel better. Right. But she did say that her brother, since that night, he was so terrified he hasn't spent another night in the house. Yeah. You know, so... Um, well, it doesn't many, doesn't go into describe what he experienced, but you know, sometimes you know a little something can become a big something if you're already kind of scared. Oh, sure, you sure. Know? Well, how many times do you you hear a noise, and your immediate thought is ghost, but you jump up out of bed and you grab either the machete that's by your bed or you grab your twelve gauge, and yeah. you realize about halfway through walking down the hall, what good is this going to do if this is a ghost? <laughs> right. You, you know, know, I don't have... You grab know, your phone, man. Take right, a video. Right. <laughs> you, you don't have ghost bullets or anything in there, so, you know. You know. It'd be like Supernatural. You can load a shotgun with, you know, salt shells and stuff. Ah, so yeah. You there you shoot. go. Rock salt. <laughs> yeah. Rock salt rounds. Um, there's also a spirit of a young girl, and... Spiritualists and psychics that have visited the house have determined that this little girl's name is Sarah. Okay. They assume this because Sarah was the name of the daughter of Heinrich and Marie Mailer. So the the bedroom where Joanne was staying and and this daughter that we're discussing is, is Sarah. And Sarah is very playful. And, you know, they, they hear her, they hear laughter. There's EVPs 
of a little girl laughing. And Joanne describes that she had a pretty extensive doll collection and that the doll collection would get moved. Uh, you know, dolls would be out of place or left in the floor, almost like a child would do if they were playing with something and then decided, oh, it's time to go do something else. And they just left it where it was. And they they were constantly being moved and displaced and left out or in the floor and things like that. Kind of like Dallas does, like he does to me today. I pick up his toys. I go to work. I come back. All the toys are out of his bed, strewn across the floor. Yeah. I pick them up. I put them back next day. Same thing. That's right. Because that's, that's where they go, Dad. That's, yeah. That's where they Picking belong. them up. Now, we had talked about some key points during the history of some of the individuals that had died while in the house. Um, Mrs. Woods dying in the house. Um, Miss Street, Jolene Street, also died of cancer in the house. And Park Street dying of what was ruled a suicide, but, you know, could be speculated to be a murder. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, so folks, you know, actually, you know, meeting their end while in the house, uh, along with the energy of it being on top of supposed Indian burial ground and, you know, the site of a battle, mm-hmm. you know, there's just, there's so much energy right there, sure. you know, you know, an individual, you know, dies in that house and the energy is so strong that it, it leaves a mark and people can experience these these hauntings because their spirits either they it's either their spirits not breaking through or you're you're seeing that stone tape thing mm-hmm. you know you're seeing mm-hmm. a replay of an event that would happen over and over and over again and one of those events like that is the sightings of a young woman coming down from the upstairs bedroom she goes down the stairs out across the lawn into the gazebo and people that have witnessed this have said she appears to float through the air and she's dressed in 1940s attire so it is presumed that this would be Jolene Street right you know the 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 dress fits the timeline the fact that she died in the upstairs bedroom you know so it's it's a it's a good guess that that's who it would mm-hmm. be and it's always that kind of same routine, you know, coming down the stairs and go across the lawn to the gazebo. So, you know, you're seeing something, you know, that probably happened many, many times. Yeah, uh, replayed um, memory. Replaying again. Um, there's also, and like I said before, um, Joanne opens up the house for events and weddings are very common to be, you know, held out on the grounds. And many uh Many wedding party members have reported seeing a young woman um, in one of the upstairs balconies just standing there like she's enjoying the festivities. And we, we talked before, Park and Jolene were very affluent members of society in San Antonio, and they hosted these large, lavish parties, mm-hmm. um, you know, for San Antonio's high society. So this was something that was very common for that house and the property. And so to to have that back, um, the way they describe it is, you know, it's almost like a very, um, a very pleased 
you know, appearance that, right. you know, that this, this apparition of this young woman is, is very happy, you know, to see this going on. You mm-hmm. know, this was something that she was a part of when she was living in the house. And now she sees it happening again. Um, and there's been multiple witnesses that have seen this, but not all of them are so innocuous. So in the South Wing, the activity seems to be a little more dark. And so one of the workmen who was there said he was underneath the house and reported that he was being taunted by children who were poking him with sticks. Now, I got a I got a problem with that. <laughs> Is it the children or the poking with sticks? It's children having sticks. <laughs> Don't let the kids have a stick. I mean, especially the ghost kids. Look, I can't keep sticks out of my kids' hands. I sure couldn't keep one out of a ghost kid's Well, hand. that's true. <laughs> I, man, you know, it always there's always ghost kids. That's right. Like, it's not even a joke anymore. It no, happens it's, all it's the just time. there, you know. <laughs> Why? There's, there's, uh, they got a lot of energy. I guess so. And well, they yeah, just, they leave. They leave a lot. So, you know, whatever. Jeez. But also in the South Wing, there's a ladies' bathroom where some women have reported being locked inside. And others have said they have seen a ghostly image appear in the mirror that hangs on the wall in, inside that bathroom. Is it so, Bloody Mary? Well, it doesn't say for sure. So I'm going to say probably not. Okay. All right. um, you know, now what if that ghostly image was coming in that mirror and they were holding their nose? So- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Go on. Man, no, man. You blew up the... <laughs> Don't you? I, I, I was standing and I saw this. I saw writing on the mirror and it said, don't forget to flush. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just an image of holding their nose and they got a can of aerosol spray. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that, w- that would freak you out. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. There, just, you know, you look in there and here's this face, you yeah. know, in, in the mirror. I mean, that would... That would kind of freak you out. Ghost comes in the bathroom and courtesy <laughs> flushes for you. You know, reaches over your shoulder. Hands you the and, toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, ghost-like bathrooms, you know. That they was, do, we man. Had, South Pittsburgh Hospital has a haunted bathroom, right? too. Right. So, you know, they, they dig it in there. Maybe it's something about the pipes. I don't know. Um, the dairy barn that is on the property was, uh, was also known as the Gypsy Rose. And they don't explain why it was called that. That seems like a strange name for a dairy barn, but whatever. Um, they have they've seen full apparitions uh, along um, along the outside of the barn, inside the barn, and they have heard footsteps inside and unexplained noises. Now, Joanne says she will no longer go inside the barn. That it's one of the places that she just she doesn't go there. Right. And the reason she says is because. Whatever spirit resides in there, he's not very nice. And he is not very fond of men, but apparently is overly fond of women. And men have reported that have gone into the dairy barn uh, being attacked, physically attacked, either pushed or shoved or scratched. And the women that have gone in there have reported being touched inappropriately. Mm-hmm. So uh, whatever's in there is he's a hands-on kind of guy. So here's a thought. The that seems to be one of the like the most active like 
malevolent areas. That the barn was one of the first buildings built on this site. Mm-hmm. So could it be just the amount of time that the building has been around that that's why that or was that the building that you know was built on the area that had the most massacres or yeah. you know because it is the oldest building. Yeah. And I I did find some documentation about some EVPs in Spanish, mm-hmm. um, which if you've listened to EVPs, God, they're hard enough to understand in English. Mm-hmm. And now now we're going to try to listen to some EVPs that are in Spanish. But they have managed to pick out some things that do sound like Spanish words coming across in these EVPs. And so there is some speculation that this could be the spirit of one of the dead Mexican mm-hmm. soldiers. Right. Um, right. You know, so... You know, it's hard to say. I mean, maybe you know if it if it is that if you if you want to consider that you know you know if I if I died in a real bloody battle with you know yeah I, I'm trying to to regain land or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, and they left my body out there to rot and decay on yeah. the ground I'd might be a little mad too. Yeah, you better believe I'd be so- PO'd. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, you know, who knows? They're not really sure. You know, they're they're they're. Uh, we heard the name Gustav, mm-hmm. um, which would not be a Mexican soldier. Um, but they're not a hundred percent sure that it's just one person, um, that's residing in there. Could be um, several. Yeah. A local news, a local San Antonio news station did a report. They came out and did kind of a mini investigation, and they said outside of the dairy barn they could hear what sounded like people moving inside, Mm -hmm. moving items like furniture and stuff, moving it around. But yet when they actually opened the door and went inside, there wasn't anyone in there and and nothing seemed to have been disturbed. So, um, you know, that, that is kind of a hotbed, but as I said, Joanne will no longer go in there. Mm -hmm. There's another room in the house that, that she doesn't go into anymore either. And, she describes one day she's cleaning out a closet in one of the rooms and she suddenly feels this, this really dark presence. She says that when she looked up, now this is in the closet, she looked up and there was what she describes as a black hole above her. So talking with one of her friends, they kind of got the feeling that maybe this is a portal. Of some type. And so her friend, friend, mm-hmm. decided to come in and turn this closet into a psychomantium. Dumbass. Yeah. So let's talk about what a psychomantium is. <laughs> a psychomantium is, is a small room or area with very little light containing a chair, a mirror in front, and a mirror affixed above your head. And it is used to commune with the spirits. And hopefully, as you're doing this and communicating, you will see the image of the spirit in the reflections of the two mirrors. Okay? So when I make that that uh, joke about friend, mm-hmm. if, if you think you have a portal in your house, 
someone that comes along and builds a psychomantium in that portal, they're not your friend. No, because they don't have to live there. <laughs> That's right. They can build this psychomantium and leave you with yeah. the crap that comes from it. That's like the guy that shows up at your house and says, I brought my Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Get out. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're not going to go stirring up a bunch of crap here and then go home. I'm glad you brought it. Now take it back with you. That's right. Don't be angering all my spirits. You know, right. they, they behave themselves. Yeah, we you know, you alone. come in here and get them all riled up. Yep. I got to deal with them. I actually got rid of all mine. That, that's the equivalent of grandparents loading up their grandkids with sugar and then giving them back. Sure. That's it. I'm going to sure. stir these spirits up and you got to deal with them. Right. Right. It took me a long time to get rid of mine. I had to uh, continually walk around naked and fart in order to get rid of mine. And that finally got rid of all of them. I don't want to have to keep doing that, you know. But yet I continue to come back. So. It's weird, huh? <laughs> well, you know, it smells like a graveyard in here. That's true. <laughs> so, you know, the, those are just, you know, some of the best stories that have come out of Victoria's Black Swan Inn. Um, there's a lot of activity there. And as Adam uh, mentioned, when he was going through the history, you you heard, you know, battles, Indian burial grounds, death within the home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there's so much energy. You know, it, it doesn't seem at all um, out of the ordinary that this would be a place that you would say, hey, it's haunted. Plus, the, you know, the building itself is. You know, 150 years old. Right. You know, so there's there's a lot of energy that is, you know, contained within the house itself, just having been there for so long. Right. I mean, even if it was, you know, by all documentations, very happy and well-to-do times. I mean, the, the dairy farm that was there was successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 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 parties and the events that were there were very successful and the people were well liked and you don't see stories about anything bad or negative, even right. though it's sitting right there on the grounds where, you know, some, some horrible, horrible things happened. Right. So, you know, it, it just, it's one of those places where, you know, until you dig a little bit, you may not think, well, yeah, okay, this is just another old place that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, this place looks like it might be haunted. Yep. Well, when you dig a little deeper, you say, you say, well, yeah, I would expect this place to be right. haunted. You know, and on top of all that, the evidence that there was a Native American ritualistic site there. Right. You know, if they are performing rituals that are designed to commune with spirits then there may already be some portal open. Right. And that may be, you know, the portal that she found in her closet. That's right. That was on that property. And and if the house does have a portal, then all bets are off as oh, far sure. as who and what is in there. Sure. I mean, you know, you you can you it's it's fun to look at the history and go, "Oh, well, this is Jolene looking at this wedding or this is a dead Mexican soldier that's harassing people that come into the dairy barn. Well, that's all just based on the history. Mm-hmm. But much like we talked about with Bobby Mackey's mm-hmm. having a portal, you know, there's no telling Skinwalker what comes Ranch. through. Yeah, there's no telling what comes through there. Yep. You know, and and could come through and want to take possession of of that 
that house. Right. I think um, she's been very lucky up to this point. That's know? right. And and has lived there all this time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I would have stuck it out. And, you know, I've said before, I grew up in a house that had disturbances, you know, nothing, nothing like this. Right. You know, I mean, it was not it was never even thought, oh, well, house haunted, we got to go. Mm-hmm. But reading some of these stories, I would think, yeah, I, I'd con- I'd consider finding a new place to right. live. Yeah, if the get out didn't do it, finding the portal and the the dumb butt with the psychomantium. Yeah, I I would probably have been out. Yeah. I wouldn't. You know? I wouldn't go in that room either. No, I, I don't even know if I'd sleep in a room that was adjacent to that room. Right. Yeah. You want to. <laughs> I'd take my chances in the barn before the psychomantium room, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, well, at least, you you know, maybe you find a little action out there. Right, exactly. <laughs> hey there, ghost baby. I mean, there's new ones coming out every day. You right. know, hey, my boyfriend's a ghost. You know, he's oh, a 600-year-old pirate or, you know. That just, just, I know. It's, it's all the time. It's all the time. <laughs> Just your feed gets flooded with those things. So it's like, all right, I guess it's legit, you know. Oh, man. Yeah. So, you know, researching uh, Victoria's Black Swan Inn was was pretty fun. Um, You know, it it is a spooky place. There is a lot of stuff going on. And I I would say, you know, if if I get around there, I'm going to go visit. So if you're from around that area, if you're planning some travel down that way, uh I think Adam and I feel like this this would be worth your time oh, to go certainly. out and, and, and visit and see. And like I said, there's a lot and of events there. I mean, it's not a place you're going to have to go trespassing to get to see. No. I mean, there's always something going on there. Um, go so, crash yeah, a wedding. Check it out. And if you, if you yeah. do, uh, send us some pictures because we'd, like we'd like to see it. You know, we've had a lot of uh, graveyard group members uh, send us some photographs of where they've been yeah, and the tours that they've it. taken. And it's, that's fantastic. We really do appreciate it. And we love seeing that stuff. So, um, Adam, I, you know, unless you've got uh, some more to add, I think that wraps up, uh, the black swan. I got nothing, man. All right, folks. So don't forget live event coming on, coming up on October 20th, Hillbilly horror stories, EVP mediums and macabre melts at Hale Nashville. Tickets are $10. You can get them at our website, and that is graveyardpodcast.com, graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can purchase our merchandise, you can listen to the show, you can get tickets to our live event, you can find out some more information about Adam and myself, and you can become a patron of the mm-hmm. show. And we just want to just take a brief second to thank all of you guys uh, that have gone on and donated to the show. Uh, we hope you're enjoying the the new uh, Patreon episode that we just put out. We've got more stuff coming, uh, so keep an eye out for that. Um, go follow us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. There you can get some inside scoop on new upcoming episodes. You can interact with the two of us and the other members of our group. Which uh, which are which are fantastic. You know, we've got some of the best uh, the best folks in oh, the yeah. in the graveyard tales Facebook group. Um, and I always mention this because it's so important. Please go on iTunes if you haven't already and rate and review us because this is how it makes our show easier to find, and that just brings more people into the graveyard. Mm-hmm. 
So thank you for listening, everybody. And until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. See you soon.